Coming up on the show this week, we've got Andy Stillman Robinson. We'll be talking about psychopaths and then swiftly moving on to art. We'll talk about all sorts of art, AI art. Would you rather be a, a statue? Do you want a silver tongue? Um, Leonardo da Vinci and uh, all Neil that kind of thing. And we do Neil Buchanan and a bit of Banger Saint at the end and Raphael <laughs> Shite. Absolutely. And I also discovered that normal people wear more than one shoe. So. <laughs> 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 okay, folks, enjoy. Here we go. Episode 10 of the Carbon Copy COVID Curer podcast. Um, there will be some bad language. Um, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple. You can subscribe to us in any of those channels. We're also on YouTube and Anchor. Uh, we're a wedding band from Scotland. We usually sit in a van and talk a load of shit. So instead of that, we're on a podcast talking a load of shit. <laughs> Speak for uh, yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. My name's Martin, I play guitar in the band Carbon Copy, I'm also known as Merv. We're also joined by our lead singer David Swan, also known as Swanee. Hi there. We've got our bass player Mark Caulfield, also known as Spanko. Hello there. And our drummer, um, known as Neil McDougall. Hello. McDougs. Uh, we're joined by a very special guest today, uh, one of the finest artists in Glasgow. Mr. Uh, Andy Sterling Robertson. Hello, Sterling. Andy Sterling. Hello yeah. there. Yeah. Sterling. I use. I'm not usually. I know there's when people have three names, you usually think they're a bit attention seeking. Uh, but I've got a problem with the fact that I've got the same name as Scotland's captain. So just to distinguish myself, I, I started using my middle name, Andy Sterling Robertson. Um, I see. Yeah, yeah. That it was anyway. It does, doesn't it? It was nearly yeah. my first name, but my dad bottled it, apparently. <laughs> it Why was, is it Sterling? Uh, is there a story behind it? It was my granddad's name, but there's no connection to the place or anything. But no, it was just my granddad's name. But I don't know where I don't know where he got it from. Um, mm. it, he was the first one, I think. Uh, but no, no connection to the place or anything like that. And it is Sterling. It's S-T-I-R. Um, so I, it makes me sound fancier than I am <laughs> and it also for search engine optimization purposes separates me from pretty much the most famous life back in the world so <laughs> so how are you Andy how's things how's lockdown I'm good I'm good uh, lockdown's f- fucking weird isn't it I think um, the strangest thing for me was I work from home so much normally and then when lockdown happened, my kind of, so a lot of my, my working life, if you know what I mean, hadn't really changed. But then all the other usual external fun stuff just started disappearing. Um, and so so it's been maybe less of like a, less for me to adapt to than, than most maybe. But um, I had my ups and downs, I think, like everybody else. But getting, good things have come from it. 
crap things have come from it, but surviving, still here, still smiling. What's the good things, mate? What's the good things? Um, what's the good things? I think one thing, one thing is quite good. Has been so. How do I put this without getting myself into trouble? <laughs> La- uh, Laura and I are, are engaged, um, and we have spent so much time with each other, and we've not been annoying each other as much as you might expect. Like it's actually been really nice. Kind ah, of like a, a test so marriage. Time. Well, I suppose it is. That's quite spent, good. That. Yeah, yeah. Spent so much time in each other's company, um, and and barely a crossword. So, so that's been that's been pretty good. Um, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. impressive. I... That is impressive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We either is, either were really tolerable or were just very compatible. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the bad things, Andy? What do you not like about it, mate? I think see, it's just like worrying about your family and your pals mm. that you're not getting to see, and then just so much of that organic interaction you have with people see so just hanging out with folk in real mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. um there's no replacement for it really so i think that's the thing i've been i've been missing most um but uh, but yeah we we find other ways to work around it like starting podcasts and putting that's art it, online mate. and stuff i guess don't we that's aye, it, that's it <laughs> uh what's everybody else been up to this week so have you been up to much boring gardening shit um i've reclaimed part of the West Bank back <laughs> out of the back of my house that's, that's what it says uh, Aye, Spanko keeps cutting this out of the podcast but I'm going to say it again, it'll definitely make it in one of the podcasts somebody stole my garden Andy somebody stole my garden that's <laughs> I know, I know how can you do that um, but uh, it was a bit of a mix up for the builders and stuff but I've, it, long story short, I've reclaimed back 32 squared metres of garden, um, which is a fair whack. So I've just been out helping my brother Matthew, big shout out to him. Uh, he's been moving sheds and digging up and flattening and all sorts of stuff, just ready for the slabs going down and we will be commencing building of said music studio out the back very soon. So it's exciting, but it's also been stressful with working and just lockdowns starting to get stressful for me. Um I'm like you, Andy, I, I really, um, I thrive on the interactions of people, you know, yeah. and face-to-face stuff, and and we've got a wee day planned out with the North Motherwell Brigada on Wednesday, <laughs> um, so that'll be fun, and it'll be good to get back, and, you know, the pubs are open, and maybe be able to get down for a pint with the lads, and get that kind of stuff on the go again, thankfully. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and also, a big shout-out to my good mate Spanko, um, Spanko Caulfield over there on the bass oh, guitar. Hello there. Hi there. Um, I, uh, I've, I've delved into the Louis Theroux podcast this week. Excellent, man. Oh, it's really and good. I, oh, it's excellent. And Louis is one of my big heroes, but he's actually, I couldn't believe it. His first episode was with John Ronson, and that's the guy I read um, the Psychopath Test. You know, he wrote the book The Psychopath Test oh, and he wrote The Man, yeah. the Men Who Stare at Goats. He's basically yeah. a Louis Theroux double doppelganger kind of guy. He's done very similar documentaries and books as Louis has done. So, and they've done it all through the 90s and 90s. So they're kind of a like doppelgangers is the only word I can use, you know. Uh, and it's amazing. The podcast is absolutely phenomenal. And he talks about the 
the psychopath test. If you all, you all know about that book and stuff, because it was massive back in the nineties or early noughties when he wrote it. Two thousand. I think I've heard of it. I've heard the name. Possible. I don't know much. Oh, it's amazing, Merv. You would love it, and it's basically about um, the what's the theory called again? The the doctor that wrote it. God, I don't know. Because <laughs> I've definitely got it. Um, the Heyman is it the Heyman? The sorry, the hair. H A R E checklist. Uh, and this is the thing that you see if you get into a doctor's now and they're going to diagnose mental illness, you know, it's a checklist that they work through and this is what this is uh, and he does a whole book on this and he, it's just so interesting man, it goes it, it goes to a guy that's claiming that he faked his own insanity and he's now in Broadmoor so he'd get done with GBH and he went to court and the guys were saying to him look, you're, you lawyers and judges were saying you're going down you're going down for a long time, this is your third strike. So he faked that he was insane and they put him in Broadmoor thinking he's like, ah, I'll get a wee year in Broadmoor and then I'll get out and I'll convince him that I'm sane again. And he's been in there ever since. So it literally is GBH or GHB, whatever, GBH, isn't it? Uh, GBH, uh, yeah. That, that would be like a five-year sentence, something like that. This guy's been in <laughs> for ten years and he that he's part of the book. It's one of the best things I've ever listened to. So shout out to you, Spanko. Well done. That's the first fucking good thing you've ever done in your <laughs> horrible real life, mate. Uh, thanks, mate. <laughs> well done. Really good. Really good. Can I can I just add on that as well? Um, I, I watch a lot. Of, well, Mary Ann actually watches a lot. Of, as I'm sure all your good ladies as well. These crime programs, the real crime programs now that are a lot on the Sky um, Crime Pro uh, Channel and stuff. See the people that come on and do the. Uh, profiling of people, you know how you get the, the guys that come on and go, yes, well, you know, he was, we found out he was battered as a, a child and that's one step of being a psychopath and his mother, you know, never fed him for four years and that's another tick and I, I hate the people on these programmes because, and I've, got, I've been legitimised with this because they've literally done what John done and you just go to a thing and you get a certificate of attendance of being a psycho spotter, basically. So you go to this one course that you would go to like at your work and you get your certificate and these that's what these people are. They're and the police employ these people and the police and you get them on all the crime programmes and stuff like that. I find that absolutely mental and all. Because of one checklist book that can diagnose mental illness, mm -hmm. you can go to a, a seminar, get a, a certificate of attendance and then you're a genuine psycho spotter, you can diagnose Psychopaths. Well, they say they say loads of people are psychopaths, don't they? They say it's quite a it's quite a common trait, and it can actually you know work well in some. Uh, well, are you going to get the stuff? Uh, are you going to get into the corporate stuff there, Murph? Because I've heard two sides of that now. His book back in the day goes into yet. He actually goes and meets a couple of guys that are heady corporations and they try and you know he tries to find out if there is traits of psychopathy there but there's um there's another side of it that i'm i'm gonna in fact i'm gonna do a test with one of these let's do the psychopath test i've got it up right. here right let's do it so spanko i'm gonna ask you 12 yeah. questions we're gonna find out if you're a psycho right, and i okay. can basically diagnose you here right now <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay so what age are you mate 40 what again 35 35. And you're a male, female, or non binary? Male. 
Okay, so I'm going to ask you these questions, mate, and you just answer them really, really honestly. I know there's three guys, three, four other guys listening, three other guys right. listening, four, okay. four this week. Um, so you just answer really honestly right. as much as you can, right? No bother, yeah. So um, most would describe me as charming and nonchalant. I can turn my charm on and off like a faucet. Not me. This describes me somewhat or this is definitely me. Not me. Fucking eight of that. I do what I want when I want. The moment uh, the impulse strikes me, regardless of what others want. Not me. This describes me somewhat, or this is definitely me. Somewhat. If something goes wrong or turns out badly, it's not my fault. That's definitely you. No, that no. Somewhat <laughs> me. Somewhat me. I wouldn't. I would take a blame for a lot of shit. You do actually, mate. You do. Because yeah. it's always me. That's how I got. <laughs> Not me, I would say, for that one. I've gotten into legal or criminal trouble as an adult. Not me. I am easily the best at what I do, bar none. Nobody could ever take my place. Not me, Jesus Christ, not me. (laughs) I do whatever I feel like doing. I don't care what others think, even if it's illegal. Hmm. Not me, nah. Every person for themselves. I don't see the point in feeling sorry for other people that have and have no desire to help others. Not me. Big to differ. Um, <laughs> I, I've gotten into legal or criminal trouble when I was a teenager. Not me. I have no problem or concern in lying in order to get what I want. Not me. Live in the moment is what I say. The future will take care of itself, and learning or, from your past is pointless. Mm, somewhat me. You've not answered definitely me to any of these. Nah, Um, because I'm not fucking any of that. Okay. Two two more. I never feel remorse, shame, or guilt about something I've said or done. Definitely not me. (laughs) 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 Fucking riddled with fear. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see the point in taking on responsibilities of any kind, they just weigh you down. N- not me. Answer honestly, well, man. Uh, Answer halfway. We'll go halfway with that one then. How about that? Score my psycho quiz. Here we go. You scored a total of four. So you have no psychopathy. Uh, you answered the quiz consistent with people who would not generally be considered as a psychopath. Yeah. And that's when it goes on to tell you um, while many people believe that psychopaths are more relevant among CEOs and Wall Street bankers, this is actually a myth. It's not supported by any research. Well, on the surface, it may seem that many of the symptoms of traits of psychopaths may lend themselves to positions of great power. The two are not synonymous. There you go, Spanks, you're not a psycho. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I literally could go to a course, like a council course or something like that, that you would normally do to learn, uh, you know, Excel or something, and I can come <laughs> out I can come out and basically get around the planet and go, yep, I'm going to assess this case and I'm going to say that man's a psychopath because he ticks these boxes. How mental is that? It's not 12 questions and that's it. Um, You've you've ruined Criminal Minds for me. That used to be one of my favourite shows. (laughs) I used to love that programme, man. I've I've done a similar test, but it was was a spectrum test. uh, Oh, remember that? That was hilarious. I'd scored higher than (laughs) anyone I know if they did it. It was proper like you should maybe think about you know, speaking to a professional about this is what I said at the end of it. And I did answer it really honestly. I thought it must be a load of shite. So I asked, 
more than well, folk, the, all the folk around me to do the same test and Shep to do the test. No one was even half the score I got. So no, surely that's the same as the, as the psychopath test? In reality. Yeah. Aye, it'll be a bit oh, more complicated just, than it's that. It's just Aye. a few questions and you'd, you'd need to get a proper thing. Aye. Yeah, confirm it. My main point is, <laughs> we all like that, is John Ronson's a hero, lad. You just need to look into him. Oh, yeah, I've never heard him. We'll check him out. Eh? He's amazing, man. You'd love him. This is exciting. Long time listener. First time. Oh, first of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, Here's a question for you, Andy. What is the best thing about being an artist? Uh, the best thing about being an artist? I think, well, it's funny. I was talking to a mutual pal of ours, John uh, McClendon, about this before, like months ago. Um, it's just good to express yourself, if you know what I mean. Like, um, for me, I like imagining the future, imagining stuff that doesn't exist yet, and a lot of the time that's that's drawing for me, um, abstract drawings. But when I was talking to John about it, it's like, you don't need to do it for... It's, you know, it can just be playing the guitar for 30 minutes or doing some drawing. It's not like you're trying to make a hit record or paint the next Mona Lisa. It's kind of inherently just good for you. And yeah, I think drawing, you know what I mean? Drawing kind of makes me feel more like me. And I think as, as like a society almost, we get that exercise is good for your physical health. And I think now we're starting to understand more that creative expression, no matter if you're an amateur or a professional, that's good for your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so so that's kind of the best, that's what I get out of it more than anything else. It's just that... Creative expression, mm-hmm. I, I guess. Th- yeah, uh, but Blind Boy goes on about that at great length, doesn't he, Swanee? About I was art- just about artistic to ask, expression. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask about flow. To be honest, um, do you do you experience the flow then, Andy, when you're in the zone, as they call it? I think Blind Boy refers yeah. to it as flow, and it's very distinctive that, isn't it? You know, you're in it. I do totally, and it is. It's um, it's nothing. I can't replicate that in any kind of office job tasks yeah. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, and it is a really weird state what do you think it is what do you think that is Flow. I think it's the joy you feel when you're getting better at something I think mm-hmm. but it's but you're just totally you're totally unconscious of what's going on as well or rather that's not the right that's not the right thing because you're, you're you're aware as well I yeah. guess it's it's understanding that you know awareness is is part of this bigger consciousness thing the the most i've ever the most i've ever felt it really is i actually studied um textile design so mm-hmm. i would be weaving fabric by hand on these really old-fashioned textile looms and so it's quite labor intensive but it demands focus for a long period of time but mm-hmm. i could i could whittle away hours on that thing yeah. um and then you look up and you go christ is that the time um, and yeah. you do sometimes they'll stick tunes on and I get it with drawing as well you know stick some tunes on and just disappear into my own into my own mind for a bit um, it's nice I think it's I think it also proves that we only use about 3% of what we've got up there you know there's something happens that you like you you've described it as like unconsciously but you're you're aware mm-hmm. but you're not actually it's as if you're not 
I don't know. You're, you're consciously is probably the best word to describe. You're not consciously doing it. No. It's just happening. It's just happening at that yeah. time, kind of thing. Aye, and there's no, a, there's a kind of no thing. weight to your decisions either. For some reason, there's no kind of decision making is yeah. exhausting usually. But there's no yeah. uh, that kind of the weight of it disappears. I guess when you're in that flow. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 something that's felt. It can't be. It, obviously, mm. I'm not wording it very well. It can't be described. It's something that's just felt. I suppose we all are the pro and. It probably is the case that describing it is the opposite of what it is, if that makes sense. Right, and yeah, yeah. Because no, uh, you just create a thing and it is what it is. And <laughs> if you describe it, then you're just doing a different thing. You're, you know, you're, well, you yeah. can never describe a thing that is undescribable. If that, you're trying to quantify something, you can't. Mm, right. yeah. I, know, I know what you mean. It's funny you say you that because, like, a lot of the, the starting point for a lot of my work, if you'd like, um, and I don't have any kind of weighty. Um, concepts behind my it's not I'm not like a mad conceptual artist but one of the things I think about a lot in my work is the difference between maps and territories and we we create all these like rules and maps I suppose and develop algorithms to like bring order to our lives but humans are really messy and and we forget that stuff's constantly changing and and so the best example I can think of is like the the Glasgow subway map is like this perfect loop around the city, but it ignores the the reality of it, which is all the kind of dark lanes and weird corners and Johnny mm. Angles. And and I think as humans, especially when we're so involved in technology and stuff now, we get so distracted by the map version rather than the real version. Mm-hmm. Um and that the, the kind of difference between the two is a kind of starting point for me in a lot of my in a lot of my drawing and a lot of my mm. designing. How do you, how would you describe your art, Andy? Would you describe your art as what contemporary or? Yeah, conte- I think contemporary ab- abstract is probably the is probably the best way to do it. But the reason it's contemporary and the reason it's abstract is is because I was trained as a textile designer, so I'm kind of drawing my drawings are part of a process. Like the way I was taught was you do drawings before you design textiles. Mm -hmm. And at the moment I'm enjoying just the drawing bit so much that that's kind of what I'm, I'm putting out there. And it's not, um, it's not, I'm not like an artist that's, um, working on large scale paintings or anything like that. My work's quite usually drawing no bigger than kind of a one bits of paper and then I, I photograph them and have them digitally reproduced into prints which I, which I sell in the online shop so uh, it comes it's part of a design process almost which makes me a little bit different from maybe um, someone who was trained as an artist but mm-hmm. yeah if you wanted to if, if you're if you're given it a, a, a name if you like then yeah probably contemporary abstract mm-hmm. Would you say that the textiles training and background is heavily influenced? What you know you produce in the art? Then is it shape driven? I definitely, and I think you can tell the way. So I'd kind of draw, looking at yeah shape, as you said, and also texture and sometimes like proportion of stuff because I'm looking for things that I can make into a pattern because that's pretty much what textiles are. 
Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you look at the drawings of maybe architects or interior designers or even fashion designers, they're far more concerned with like 3D stuff and spatial things and wouldn't be too bothered about the texture on the surface. They're far mm. more interested in a 3D. And I, I can't, I just can't think like that. So even within kind of art and design, you can see different disciplines produce very different kind of processes, if you like. Um, so I know definitely my work is really is kind of abstract and there's lots of kind of repeated lines and scratches and um, wee shapes and icons I like to repeat because I'm just looking for nice colour combinations and, and um, potential for repeats and patterns. It's interesting how um, texture can, even though you can't see it in reality, in a, in a sense, if it's a reproduction, like a, a print or whatever, because obviously if you've got the real thing, I'm guessing by texture, maybe you don't mean that in that sense, actually. I'm thinking texture when you think of painters putting texture yeah. on it, you know, so it's like a three-dimensional, so you can touch it, it's got lumps and bumps in it. Um, you might mean a different texture, I never really thought of that, but like, you can still grasp that texture, even if you can't see the real original yeah. with the texture on it you can still grasp that as the human mind can still grasp that texture and are reproduced mm-hmm. uh, and that's one of the, yeah, yeah and it's kind of part of the this was going kind to of happy accident in my work because I'm, I'm always thinking about that difference between the map and the territory the map and the reality i'm taking as you said a digital photograph which in theory kind of flattens that texture but it's mm-hmm. still the digital reproduction does create a version of it in itself that's so it kind of continues that concept in the actual print, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, so with the good fortune of like high quality digital photographs and stuff, you can take a print, you can capture a version of it. But you're right, it's very different from the real textured thing you'd be looking at if artists who deliberately like slap on layers and layers of oil paint, for mm-hmm. example, that looks like it's jumping out the canvas at you. Um, you definitely lose a bit of that when it's a digital reproduction. I, don't, I, I must admit, I, I'm, I don't get art as much as I probably should. My mum's an artist as well. Mm. I find it really interesting though, when you're talking about that kind of stuff there. And I get what you mean, Merv, when you're talking about when you look at a, a, a photograph or a, a painting or any type of art at all that's been expressed on paper or wood or whatever on a surface, you can actually, the mind can make you see, you know, the rough and the smooth and the all that kind of stuff, which is really interesting. Again, no, not using 2% of what we've got up there, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's all about that. The thing as well is, though, and I thought, you know, it's interesting saying you don't feel like maybe you know enough ab- about it. And I thought when you asked what would be my, how would we describe my work? Um and I think sometimes people, artists, do this to themselves where there's almost pressure to have, like, you know, is it contemporary art or a label for Aye, it or a, a description hole. for it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I think it can make art feel, art can be really intimidating, I think. Aye. Um, I think that's what it is with me, Andy. Yeah. I definitely well, do. Aye, you're spot on. And I think it, it excludes a lot of people from, I take for granted that I'm perfectly comfortable walking into, like, an art gallery just because it's kind of, my education and um, and stuff yep. lets me. It just lets me feel that it's a space I'm allowed to be in. But I'm very aware that that's not something that everybody shares. I, will and I, was, I certainly don't when yeah. I'm walking about it with my Kappa tracksuit on. <laughs> 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 see, see, in a way, though, the, the cat. What 
that's the really distinctive piece of art the wee kappa logo yeah <laughs> everybody knows it yeah. you'd recognise it anywhere I mean that <laughs> that is art and you would, you would, it's like everywhere and it's like it is quite exclusive you know it's kind of like music in a sense if you yeah. compare like classical music to pop music or whatever yeah. Yeah. like if you go your classic art however it's described I don't know that's one thing but art's everywhere as well well, it mm. is in your the kappa, it's, it's in your Monster Munch packet of crisps, it's everywhere, you know. Most art students I've seen in the past five years have been wearing tracksuits anyway, I think. <laughs> it's kind of been the fashion, I think. That's uh, for right. Seriously, I. I suppose I think it's a, it's a subconscious class thing, isn't it? When you come from a working class background and you go to walk into, you know, an art gallery, you're definitely thinking to yourself, "I'm getting somewhere where I'm not supposed to be." Right. You know, there's a, a definitely a subconsciousness of that. I would say personally, for me anyway, um, if I was going to, and I've been in art galleries and stuff, and I, I really like it, and there's never been that. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. never been that air of people you shouldn't be here and all that. There shouldn't. There's never been that but definitely think there is a subconscious thing especially in central scotland and things like mm. you know where were you last night our gallery you? but you know that kind of thing i know yeah it's a like, yeah i've really felt that inverted snobbery against it as well do you know what i mean like being... have you came across it have you well the odd taxi driver will maybe say i mean maybe say something stupid and Aye. even um and even some of my no, I was going to be unfair there. I was going to say some of my mad uncles from Casimir, but they were all really supportive, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, they, and even well, my uncle, that. before me, he went to the drama school, you know what I mean? He was probably the first in our family, my Uncle Martin, and he went to, it was RSAMD, now the Royal Conservatoire. Um, yeah. And no, I hope I hope he didn't, he didn't feel that, but no, it's definitely a problem in the West of Scotland because mm-hmm. I, I, I would tell you, like, the kind of high... The, the really successful artists and successful academics that I work with as well are absolutely desperate to cling on to a sense of working classness. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's got, yeah, just yeah. for authenticity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've kind of, yeah. I'm from two different worlds, I think. I've got a working class background right, myself, right. but I've also got a very middle class background too. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm one of these guys that's got two accents, depending on what side of the family I'm talking to, <laughs> uh, which is just code switching, man. It's that's not, very I don't interesting. Feel bad Let's about see it. your castle milk one. Let's oh, see. No. <laughs> 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 Do you know what? Maybe maybe they've started blending as I've got older. I've been less embarrassed about it or something. I don't know. But no, it's 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 def- Glasgow artists have have got a I've got a weird thing about class for sure. What um, would you think? See the Glasgow art scene as well. It's, oh, it's like the music scene, isn't it? It's always got really good folk in the music yeah. and art scene in it. What is that? What? Why is that? I, I mean, Edinburgh has as well to an extent, but what is that that yeah. does that? Does any use know what? What's that ingredient about Glasgow? There's definitely something about it, isn't there? Is it maybe the architecture? Because it's think, quite Neil. It's quite. Uh, well, it was quite prolific and probably still is. People come from all over just for the. Mm-hmm. The architecture right. alone, it's usually quite... Mac- Do you think that influences then, the, the art and the music? You know, seeing the, the nice architecture and stuff, and that influences you to be, you know, mm. better at it? I don't know. It's just a really strange thing, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, we probably punch Great. above our weight in terms of, yeah, world class. Um, and I, I think there definitely is a... Di- you know, I mean, there's a big difference between um, guys like me and then guys working at the... the 
real early end of of contemporary art you know what i mean but mm-hmm. a lot of these there's a whole generation of guys that studied at the glasgow school of art yeah um and they and i think they would credit the i it probably is the architecture is definitely part of it but it's like the architecture why the architecture and it's probably to do with the layout of the city and the fact we had good you know nightclubs and pubs and you know mm-hmm. venues for bands to get better yeah. at being live performers in and stuff like that like yeah. a whole there's a whole ecology to it that probably helps a city um become be comfortable with expressing itself i guess and Glasgow just seems to have more of that and yeah. you know, abundance, I suppose. Eh? You're probably right, it's a multitude of stuff then, combined. Yeah. And actually, don't stuff. I think the other thing is, don't under we have free galleries and museums in Glasgow, you know? Nice. That's, no, that's, that, big. that's, that's a big thing. Um, that's huge. We do have public investment in this stuff that helps it be more accessible. But no, it's, there's still a lot of work to do on that. Chris, I could talk about that for days, but um, that's definitely a, a bonus. It's, yeah. John, John Ironbrewhead McClendon, he's in um, stuff like that, isn't he, Murph? He's yeah. doing his job and that, but the, the, the funding party and that. Mm-hmm. And it seems really good, strong work and strong people at John that have got real ambition to push that forward and, you know, cares about it, really mm-hmm. cares about it. I think that's maybe the main ingredient for the, the Glasgow scene. There's a real passion for caring about the art or the music that you love. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. you want the world to see. Um, so I, I probably... I, and if you don't like it, we'll just nut you, you know? So <laughs> there's, there's always that as yeah. well. Right, I'll go question two. Here we go. So how do you feel that lockdown is affecting your art or art in general is that meant to be I suppose or do you that I suppose well there's I think with my work I could probably talk about 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 both I think the I suppose for me well I talk about big picture then I guess it like any other bit of I don't want to say sector because that makes it sound like a business thing but it's it's suffered like a monumental shock in the same way as everything else. So, mm-hmm. you know, artists, they kind of get into studios, all the galleries are shut. Audiences aren't, even when galleries open, museums open, the audience is going to take a risk to come and participate and see it and go to shops to buy art. Who knows? So um, I've been thinking a lot about, about this and, and I think the other important thing to recognise is you know, art isn't just what's hanging in the national galleries that we've just been talking about. Um, you know, arts in communities too, which is mm-hmm. again like you said about John's work is is about getting art into communities, and that can be stuff like you know, dance classes for dementia sufferers, uh, youth clubs in areas of deprivation, after school groups to get folk making music or drawing or whatever it is, and these are all that's art, and it's and it's financially vulnerable charities that run this stuff and so when we will get to the real impact to the epidemic um or the pandemic um soon enough and i think we'll start to see there's going to be less and less money in the system for this community art mm. and and it's a shame because it's yeah, so important first to go, mate, it? yeah for sure and, it, and it's and it's that thing i was talking about before you know if you if we don't make sure that everyone has access to that opportunity to express themselves you're you're going to see there's a a dangerous decline in mental health and but also it starts to you start to impact how diverse a professional sector we have there's less you know 
less diverse people becoming professionals or working in the sector. So yeah. it gets to the point where, <clears throat> you know, the only people that can participate in art are the folk who can afford it. I'm very aware of, like I said, I've, I grew up with two accents, um, but I'm a very, very aware of the privilege of like growing up in Scotland with free education. I'd help with my from my dad by equipment when I was studying. I've got a spare room in the flat I can use as a studio and, and that's all stuff that lets me be an artist that's got nothing to do with my talent. That's just that's just dumb fucking luck. Um, and that's not fair. So it's like, how do we make sure that, that it's still accessible to everybody when there's less and less public money available to it? Um, that's, a big, that's a big concern for me. Well, it's good that you even consider it. Because I mean, yeah. people, some people in your position would not even consider that because they go, well, I've got my room, I've got my stencils, I've got mm-hmm. my paint, to hell with the rest of them. You know, and it's really good. That it shows a lot. You about a man, uh, as a man, Andy, that you do consider that, mate. So it's good, mate. Aye. Definitely. Aye. I think as well the diverse side is it translates over to music. We always joke, well semi joke, um, about, you know, your co-plays and all these guys that are kind of a well-off people right. that get a kickstart into the industry, whereas your, your guys that are on the, you know, the roots, the grassroots of music, they need to battle hard to get to your, your Glastonbury's and your, you know, the big slots. Yeah. It's, it's translatable over the both sectors, if we want to call them that. Aye, definitely. No, totally. I would say so. Mm. There's a thing in, in art about having the right, I suppose it's described, I work in admissions at the Glasgow School of Art, I'll just admit that out loud, and, and some of the things I need to think about is like, what are we expecting from someone mm-hmm. to prove their potential to be able to succeed at the Glasgow School of Art? And it's not about having the cultural capital, as mm-hmm. we would say, and, and that's having the right cultural references and the right, you know, knowing the right artists to to, to name drop when they're talking about why they want to come to art school, it shouldn't be about yeah. that. There's got yeah. to be there's got to be various ways that we can identify potential of someone, especially from diverse economic, social, ethnic backgrounds. You know, I, I think um, I don't. Well, obviously, I've never been, but I don't know that much about it. Was what I was going to say, really. But just when you mentioned it, the Glasgow School Art, just when we're talking about things about Glasgow School, sure, that must be one of the biggest reasons why there's so much art aye, from aye. Glasgow because it, it's so like yeah you know it's, it's such a what's the word I'm looking for renowned like, school yeah it's renowned. so renowned and yeah. it's like it's world renowned I think is it not yeah, yeah. I mean I think on, on some of the rankings the global university rankings it's the eighth art school in the world is it really third, that high yeah wow. it's the third in the UK after the two big London ones it's the third in the UK and then eighth in the world and I think that that's to do another problem if we're talking about you know the impact of, of lockdown the what is central to Glasgow School of Art success is that it's got a dedication to studio learning so like every student has their own desk in an open plan space and, and they're learning not by like some boring lecturer like me coming and just transmitting information to them it's because they get space to like experiment alongside their peers and they're learning mm-hmm. together um, and, they, and the MFA at Glasgow School of Art, the, sorry the Masters of Fine Art course which is one of the postgraduate um, two year programmes they do back several years ago now back, produced like an incredible percentage of Turner Prize winners 
which is kind of the big contemporary art mm-hmm. prize, modern art prize mm-hmm. for artists under the age of 50, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and GSA were just on a roll and having graduates winning that prize all the time. And that's, um, it was it was kind of loosely called, um, Alan Yentob called it the Glasgow Miracle. Um, this exactly what we were talking about before. What is it about this, you know, post-industrial city of less than a million people that can just churn out these world-class artists? Um, and there is something miraculous about it and, un- and unknown about it. But I think you're right. It's I think the art schools get a role to play. The council have a role to play in making stuff accessible. Um, the musicians, the nightlife, the architecture, that whole ecology of it. There's a few yeah. actors, that, famous actors that went to the art school, aren't there? I, know, I can think Aye, of Capaldi. Capaldi for one, yeah. Mm. I can think of there's somebody else as well. Peter or Lewis? Peter. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> the actor, actor. Aye. Mm. Uh, who's the big guy that played Hang Me in Harry Hagrid. Potter? Aye. Uh, um, oh, Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. Aye. That's yeah. Sam Fitz, lads, Fitz. He was too young for that. Fitz, that's who he was. For Cracker? Aye. Cracker, yeah. Cracker's good, isn't it? Neil's telling us he's been awake for the past three days. Um, what have you been doing, mate? Aye, the reason being because I've been, I've been working uh, on this movie because my, uh, my brother's a bit of an actor and uh, the I sound thought. guys let him, let him down completely. And uh, the, the film was meant to be out in January. But uh, aye, they've been pushed way, way back. So I've been given dump loads of uh, audio uh, and re- oh, I don't know I, d- I don't even know what I'm doing Half, um, I've done lots of music related welcome stuff Welcome to my world Neil movies, Welcome to my world Movies Yeah it's just like a completely d- well, it's the same beast but there's a bit more things like pictures involved but uh, but there's sound foley and all that which I have to have fun doing but it's basically been in the studio breaking bones and doing stuff to make some sounds and stuff so that's pretty cool Wait a minute Breaking bones? I've not been sleeping I know, but Kevin breaking bones. Who's bones? Spoof action movie. What do you just bones like, like chicken bones? Thank God it wasn't. Wasn't that body you found under your hips? I've used no, I used the bones that I dug up. I so you break them to get a real good snap of someone. Because there's loads of action shots and people snap necks and breaking bones and stuff. So I have to. I thought it'd be good fun. You know why not? Just put much more uh, work on my plate rather than just mix what I've got. I just want to. I went a bit overboard and started thumping walls and like hitting pillows and that to try and get some punch sounds and stuff. That's cool. It's good fun. Nice. That's you nice. in the floor. So that's what I've been doing. Breaking really some cool, bones. Uh, absolutely. Maybe that's why I'm totally relaxed. I just <laughs> take my guess now. Or I'm an actual psycho killer. Like. <laughs> <laughs> One of the the things I was thinking might be quite an interesting idea. Can technology create art? Like, could AI create art? Oh, could like fuck, an algorithm? Here we go. Is it only humans that can create art? Well, you need to ask Elon Musk, I think, that one, Murph. He's getting the download on that. You know, they're saying that they, they're starting to, you know, the algorithms in Facebook, they, they switch off because they were talking to each other in a language nobody understands. Mm-hmm. You know, there no, there's no regulations whatsoever in AI, like none. It's worse than the banking system before 2008. You know, you do what you want, invent what you want. If you've got the money, go and do it. So I would say I probably right now, there will be something that can create, you know, an artificial intelligence that can create. Well, there is, isn't there? Yeah. You know, there's programs, aye, there is, there's programs. Andy, you'll know more about that than me. Well, it was funny, I was... It- 
I'm, I, I could talk about this for ages as well. <laughs> There's a thing, I mean, I think, like art, right, art, music, you know, folk were, folk were drawn in caves and singing each other way before any kind of technology came about. And I think mm -hmm. art and music or whatever else will always exist no matter what technology changes. If you're asking whether or not AI can make art, it, mm -hmm. it probably can. But the, the question that makes art to evaluate whether art's good or not is, is why did the artist make this? And if AI can't answer that, then it won't be very good. If it can, aye, then that makes aye. it interesting. Mm -hmm. But there's but there's got to be there's got to be intent, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think and the other problem is that AI or not, someone still has to write the first line of code, well, that's um, that. and they input value systems into that code, um, which then which which makes judgments. And what an example I didn't I hadn't heard of before, but there's a guy I love um, called Douglas Rushkoff, who's like a media theorist. And he wrote a book called Team Human, which is all about kind of human autonomy in digital spaces. And he said, I hadn't heard this before, but he said House of Cards was derived through algorithms. So I know it was based on an original English version, but they basically had all this data from Netflix that was like, if you like political intrigue, Kevin Spacey and David Fincher, then we've got the show for you. Mm, really? Well, that's and interesting. It, yeah. And it's and it's kind of and I and I was thinking about that and it's so watchable, but it was like I don't remember anything about it. Do you know what it's I mean? Can I just pass through me? Aye, it's kind of, and I think the, so that, that digital you were talking about it there, Swan. You know, digital consumption of creative works really interesting, not just the creation of it. Yeah. And I'm I'm really interested in the way it's going and the difference between services like Netflix and YouTube, where one's paid and one's free. So, yeah. so you're paying Netflix for it to understand you as a human for your benefit. You know, you, mm -hmm. you avoid advertising, you get better recommendations. It will say, you know, you, you like the last dance, you might like Moneyball or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I'm cool with that. But on Facebook or YouTube or Google products, you know, you're not paying them. Some, right. Someone else is paying them to understand yeah. you. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, it's, yeah, and, it's, yeah. and it's not just to understand you, they're, they're they're selling your behaviour to then tweak your behaviour, and that's control awful. You. Aye, to Aye, control that, you, and yeah. and that controls our consumption of of culture and, and expression. So we're, mm -hmm. we're going to end up, I think, in the future of like two classes of of users or consumers, where the ones that can afford Netflix and the curated content that's good quality with no ads, mm -hmm. and then you've got the other mob who are distracted by Facebook. And Facebook and YouTube are just extracting data from yeah. them, you know, like yeah. Yeah. in the in the same way that this guy Douglas Rushkoff compares it to the, the the value extraction that Facebook does is basically what Walmart were doing in the nineties, where you know they'd move into areas of America, undercut all the local businesses, so they would need to close down. Everyone in the wee town then needs to go to work in Walmart. They put them all on minimum wage part-time contracts to the point where they can't afford to leave, and the point that they almost can't afford to to pay their own way, and even to can't afford to shop in Walmart. The state has to step in and support them, and then Walmart's like, "Well, we've extracted all the value we can from this community, and we'll just move out." And it's like, like a fucking like, virus. Yeah, uh, well, exactly, and and that's exactly what Facebook will do to to yep. groups of consumers as well, or or YouTube does it, or these free services where, you know, you're the product. It's free to access, but you're paying for it in another way. Mm -hmm. It just comes That's down really to what we value, I guess. But yeah, that, his his writing on kind of human autonomy and digital 
um, digital capitalism is really interesting. Just thinking about what you're saying about Netflix and YouTube and Facebook, although it's all out there, you know, technology, it's all there, anything you want you can find it anywhere, but it's funny that we've been possibly driven more into sticking to what we know, or even like Netflix, um, like Caroline watches it a lot, and when I'm watching her picking the stuff, it's always like, this is a 99% match, and it's, <laughs> it always ends up being... Like we watched a film, I forget what it was. I checked up a film and it was good, whatever the film was, but it was only a 77% match for her because mm. it's her thing. I don't really use it much, but it made me think about it. Like, if you jump out of that 10% difference of what, how it should appeal to you, you can find something new that yeah. you yeah. wouldn't have found before. And I think we spoke about it as well with YouTube and um, we were talking about the, the sort of 5G people and stuff. And again, like, you can totally. You start one video, it brings you the next video, it brings you the next video, it brings yeah. you the next video. And mm-hmm. if you're watching uh, videos in 5G, all, yeah. it's yeah. confirming everything. And, and I think you're buying on with what you say there, Andy, that, that there is a real potential for that. Even though it's the same thing, essentially, there is a difference. You know, there's a real a potential of people falling into a paid version or a non-paid yeah. version whether you yeah. can afford it which is never good for anything. No, it's, really inter- it's really interesting the way you put that there though but it was about you know one version you're paying it to learn you the other version is pe- other people are paying to yeah. learn about you you know and that's that's really that's the line that is basically the line in a nutshell isn't it it's you know, people are learning to find out about you and that's when they want to obviously influence you for their gain, yeah. you know, in whatever way that would be. Uh, very interesting. I've never thought of it like that before and that's really cool. Quite like so what's coming up next for you, Andy? Uh, so next for me is... I've There's this thing online called the Artist Support Pledge, which was started by an artist called Matthew Burroughs. He's from down south, I think. And um, basically the idea is given the impact on artists from the COVID-19 pandemic, as I said, like galleries closing, shops closing, artists can't even get into their studios. The idea is that every time an artist reaches £1,000 worth of sales, they pledge to spend £200 on another artist's work. So it's it's like about generosity and kind of sharing the sharing the challenge, kind of supporting each other. So I've I created a series of prints from our online shop that's kind of specifically for the artist support pledge. Um, I'm a fair whack away from a thousand pounds of sales, to be honest with you. But uh, just this idea of uh, once I reach that total, it means I've got I've got two hundred quid in my pocket to go and. and spend it on some other artist's work and, and just to try yes. and keep everyone afloat, if you know what I mean, while while the um, world's weird. That's How do we find your shop, Andy? I was about to say, hi, where's your oh, website, nice. bud? It's, it's just my name, so it's andysterlingrobertson.com and I'm on, that. I know, I'm on Instagram as well, just andysterlingrobertson, all one word. Nice um, mm-hmm. Good luck finding me on Google because of that bastard <laughs> that plays for Liverpool. But... <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, Would You Rather, the art special. <laughs> uh, this is so, highbrow for us. Mm, absolutely. I'll just go with question one, right? Okay. Um, we'll start with you, Andy, as you're the guest. Would you rather be remembered in a painting or a statue? 
uh, statue. Give us a statue. Uh, not on Kerrydale Street, but just on... <laughs> uh, I think, do you know what? A, a painting lives in, like, a dusty gallery or, like, one guy's house, and it's always in, like, a private collection in it, whereas a statue, you're kind of out in the wild. And, um, <laughs> and I think I prefer them. that. And see, and, like, I like the idea that years later I'll have done something wrong and I'll get, you know, fucked into a harbour. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Aye. I don't know. Who knows what I'm doing now that will disgrace. Obviously, slavery's not for joking about, but there's something really yeah. interesting about, you know, that, that people were going mental at that, thinking we're deleting history, and we're not. It's like mm. history's constantly being created, and if that means taking down a statue and throwing it in the water, that's great. That's the yep. most interesting statue in the UK now. Mm-hmm. Don't care what you say. Um, so now give give me a statue. I don't want to be some dusty painting. Like cover me in seagull shite and put me in John Square. Aye, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm. I think Andy's got a big point. I definitely a statue. I think a statue. I think I'd like to be one of the haunted statues though. That I could you know just stand there and then when kids come up and get their photo taken, I can just put my horn in their shoulder. <laughs> Doesn't need to be kids, by the way. Just. Anybody <laughs> just like to get out of there? Uh, Neil, uh, I I'd probably say statue first because it's like kind of a statue, but I may be like uh, there may be more uh, scope in a painting. So I might it could be a, lots of different paintings. I guess just a statue is just going to be me, but I could be anything in a painting, I suppose. You like clubs and accessories and stuff. Like you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I think maybe then the question would be who would I get to paint me? Might be more. Mm. I don't I don't know much about statues, but I guess maybe get someone that I don't know that I quite liked as a painter or something. Leonardo okay, you, DiCaprio. You me. If you were to paint me, you could paint me. Like, wait till you see. Wait till you see my work on the website before you ask me to paint you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's not all like box shots or nothing, is it? No, it's, uh, no, no. <laughs> We've not got enough clay for my statue, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Merv painting or statue? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I, what you're saying about the statue being outside and that, I kind of like the idea of that. But then what you're saying, you know, about... And about what you about, well, there's that as well, I know. But what about an abstract painting of some sort? Like you say, like, so it's not even new, it's just like a... Some sort of. It's mm-hmm. funny you say that. Sorry, I'm going to talk over you. My my, my mother-in-law is also an artist. Um, she's like a proper artist, unlike me, who's who's playing at it. Her name's Eleanor Carlingford. <laughs> she's got like galleries that represent her and stuff like that. She's um, she's the real deal. And, but she's also done um, what's called like an identity portrait. So rather than just like uh, depicting your likeness in painting. There's kind of like it's more of a an expressionist kind of abstract thing, and I've never actually seen one of what she's done because they're always kind of private commissions that disappear into somebody's house. But um, I, there's definitely artists that do that that could be far more um, about your identity rather than just your likeness. If you know what I mean. So what would you be then, Merv? I don't know. Um, I, I feel describe as yourself in a painting. I feel as if there's good points for both. Um, no, I, what I'm asking you is, is if you were an abstract painting. If I was an abstract painting, what would it be? What would you be? Um, probably just like a, just a black, <laughs> a, a black canvas. <laughs> a black. 
black just a black square if that has that been done um, uh, just a black square with some like other stuff in it is there such a thing as like abstract um, um, self portraits and that then that, oh aye, big thing, time aye, aye. Oh. There's, um, who was the artist? God, I'm embarrassed myself. I can't remember the name. He came up with basically the blackest black, and it's like it's so black that it <laughs> uh, like it absorbs like nine, you know, like Dettol says it gets rid of ninety nine point nine percent of germs. <laughs> this black gets rid of like ninety nine point nine percent of visible light, and it like it freaks you out. Like it looks like a portal into another world. Really? Um, wow. Oh, God, why that? can't that's a bit. Fu- that's a bit Rick and Morty. You know when Aye, he's like. I'll show you what level is. This is real level, Marty. Um, and he and he puts a laser on the ground and it etches out, and put, makes perfectly like perfect level. And Marty stands in it and then comes off it and then just bursts into tears. Like, I can't stand in any surface ever again. So I imagine that'd be like, <laughs> have you not seen that bit of Ricky Marty? It's hilarious. He's, he shows him perfect level. So I guess he wants you to see that black. Um, can you go back? Can go back? <laughs> 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 that was perfectly executed. Oh, that was amazingly executed. It's uh, Anish Kapoor. He owns the rights to the blackest colour ever made, and it's called Vanta Black. So Vanta Anish Kapoor, A N I S H K A T. I want to see it. I want to see it. You just get it in Google Images. It There's a BMW that's Vanta Black. Yeah, yeah, I can see that in the. Forbes article. That is nuts. Looks like floating windies. That is nuts, by the way. Black it just black. It just looks like there's nothing there. I don't you're understand. Right, you're right in what you say, though. It does look like you could jump through that. Mm-hmm. That looks like a hole. Wow. Is this the guy that does... It's like... It, we're talking about texture as well. I'm sure I've seen this in the news recently, and it does like a one where it's the, it comes out in a 3D sort of way, like if you touch uh, it, it's coming he's out. Kinda... But it looks as if it's in, but he's got the he's got the alternative way, which is it's actually it's got depth, but it looks as if it's sticking out. Or see, see uh, it's kind look... of sculptures that play with your perception of depth and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. S- cool. See if you look at the the one where it's like in tinfoil. Aye. Uh, like they've got it in tinfoil. <laughs> mm. That looks like there's no bottom to that. Thing. Aye. There's one that's a circle on the ground that looks like there's a hole. We could have mm-hmm. loads of fun with that. You could like cut that and just put it down and people think they've got to fall down a big hole. I don't, I don't understand how, you know how, how uh, colour is converted, obviously, because we're looking at it on a screen. Uh-huh. And there's only so many ones and zeros that can... Aye, yeah, yeah. Only so many colours that can show yeah. that. How... how I mean, how did it not know that I was? I don't. I don't understand. Like, I don't fucking. I don't understand. I know. It's, I know it's what you mean, actually. It probably so looks like, even creepier in real life. Then. Mm. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you must. You must know this is something with art because obviously, I, I know this guy invented it as such. But surely, if you put a color spectrum on a computer and took it down to whatever, I don't even know what number that would be. I mean, I it was black in numbers? Is it zero 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 one or something? Yeah, like yeah. So then, what is that? Just negative. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't get it. What the, what, like the, at it. What's the hex code for it? Yeah, or like the yeah. RGB code for yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is wow. the black and not see that black? I mean, why, why, uh, why did they not figure that out before? I don't understand. I'll, I'll tell you, right, you won't get it in MS Paint. That's for sure. No, you will not. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to Photoshop that shit. 
It says in here this one, British scientists have created a new black so dark it absorbs all but 0.035% of visual light. Bad. That's... Right, I need the blinds. I need them for when I'm on holiday. That would be amazing. amazing. Well, you, you see it in Do cinemas, you, don't you? At the start where they go... If it's like a Dolby Digital or, or Sony Cinema or something like that, it's, it's just... You think you're looking at black and then it goes boom and it, this is black and it fucking... Aye. Weird. If you have yeah. been in the cinema in the yeah. day, that I probably something like that. I'd imagine. I pray to God that this is not a huge Photoshop scandal, and all I'm looking at is just like people <laughs> editing out because I've never seen this in real life. I need to go fuck. It. I need to go find something that's actually this bad. Like, yeah, I'm not going to sleep life. ever again. There's a whole <laughs> for three days. Darkest building for the Winter Olympics. What the shit? I need to go find something. That's amazing. I, that's nail up for another three days. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So, Spanko, would you rather be a painting or a statue? Um, probably a, a painting. In fact, I got a, a portrait today of um, a member of this household, and I'll just send you that. This is a, a visual gag, so it might not work for the listeners. <laughs> oh, I hope to God this is a dog. Yeah, you can see it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's mental. I've sent I don't it know to whether well, I like that. Andy. I find that's quite creepy. That's quite creepy. Uh, it's kind of creepy, isn't it? Uh, Shan got it for Laura. Um, it but it's a dog's like... head. I think it's a, a famous painting of Marie Antoinette, I believe. Oh, and they right. put the dog's head in it. But it looks <laughs> like that thing on Facebook that they send, you get tagged in at Halloween. Aye. It's just like a painting and then it screams at you. Uh, it kind of looks like that. <laughs> Imagine you come in from the shops and the dog was sitting on the couch reading the paper wearing that dress. <laughs> <laughs> What's worse, Andy? Oh, you're home quicker than I expected. What's worse is the dog comes home and Spanko's sitting in that bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the ones you would see and see the big creepy venues that we play up in the countryside. And you're uh, and, and at 11 o'clock at night and it's the break mm. and you come out and you're walking up a wee alleyway yourself, a wee corridor yourself and you see one of the photos. It lives with me all the way home. That no, there's a hotel. Remember that hotel we played recently? Or maybe it was recently, it was maybe October. And they all the pictures were dog seeds. Oh, was, uh, I remember on, that. Uh, uh, on the suit, and they were all in suits. Oh. It was all that kind of thing. It was all dog seeds on was suits. It, was it not like a parody of the famous one where they play pool? The bulldogs play pool, and it was all them in different scenarios? It could, no, it was also, well, it could be, but it was all around the whole hotel, different pictures, and it was different uh, dog seeds on, like, regal poses. <laughs> all the way, all the way through the hotel, it was fucking quite weird, I but was, it was cool. I liked it. I really regretted taking that acid before that gig. <laughs> <laughs> fucking paintings are barking at me. That uh, picture though, you've just put up, Spanks, is really good. The facial expression on my way is like it's, the, it's one of the most natural one one of the dog photo paintings I've seen. It looks as if she's sent to Spanko paint me like one of your French girls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so painting for me, I uh, just just put my head with uh, oil painting. Uh, oil painting. The wee oil painting. Number wee oil painting. <laughs> Would you rather have a golden voice or a silver tongue? And that question goes to Neil first. Just say it differently. Silver <laughs> uh, uh, tongue. Yeah, probably golden voice. I've already got a silver tongue. <laughs> 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 no, I don't. know. Probably a golden voice, I guess, because gold is probably better than silver. I'd imagine. <laughs> ah, good point. Good I can't. Point, I can't think of any other reason why. I mean, a golden voice, as in like a singing or just the way it sounds, is very good. Or 
Is it talking about? I obviously think a golden voice is a singing voice, but yeah. that may just be a a spoken voice as well. I don't know. Yeah, I go so for a golden voice. I think. Considering it would help in my my weddings. <laughs> <laughs> so, aye. I think I'd go for a silver tongue. I don't think I'd know what to do with that. If I was able to sing, I've just get I've got no rhythm at all. Um, I know, but have you had a golden? Do you want a job on bass? <laughs> 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 You sell shit tons of art if you had a silver tongue, you know, you could just Yeah, maybe that I, that's it. I give us the pattern and then I can I can shift all the all the prints I need to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mel. I never really thought of the singing voice, so I would if it is a singing voice, I would maybe pick golden voice. So I could sing you know, play the guitar and sing and that. Um Silver tongue would have its own benefits, I suppose, if you're able to talk your way out of situations and stuff, but uh, I mean, I suppose either would be handy, but we'll go golden voice. It goes better than silver, what Neil says, so... <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, it's funny. I'm going neither. I have both. No. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I'll go silver tongue so I can cut it out when we're all killing each other because we're needing food out of people's houses and I can pawn my... I'll pawn my tongue. You can't pawn your voice, lads. Speak, so, uh, you touched on an apocalyptic feel there. I just remember, see the start of lockdown, it proper felt like the apocalypse. Mind, I was going to buy a baseball bat. I was going to buy a baseball bat. Genuinely <laughs> was looking at it on Amazon. Because <laughs> I think, no, no, what you mean, Mark? I was thinking about getting like first aid kits for keeping in the basement and stuff. <laughs> Honestly, I was going. I was going nuts. What the fuck is a plaster and some paracetamol got today for you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if Mark comes at me with a baseball bat, we still get. I just throw paracetamol. At him. <laughs> You can them. I didn't Aye. say I'd thought it through, right? I just said... <laughs> oh, it's, it's actually Neil's fault, this. He put the thought in my head that this is going to be like, we're going to need to protect your household and that, and there's going to be no food left, and cancer's going to be bringing in your house, and I'm like, shit, shit. I need to get a baseball bat or something, because it's quite... It's the, it's the first place in, you go. I know, it's <laughs> funny you thought a baseball bat would be I, I don't live in the nicest area in the world, like, shall we or say. Um, but I, I can't buy a gun, so next best thing, baseball bat. Would you put any nails in your baseball bat? No, well, that's, that's maybe you a wee bit down it. the line. I, once I've had a, my first 200 kills or something like that, I've <laughs> been be marking bat. it off with each kill. Um... So, silver tongue for me. <laughs> Neil, did you say you didn't know where to get a baseball bat? No, I mean, do That's you get baseball bats here? Yeah, well, yeah, I Amazon. I, that, I remember you specifically asking that, and that you did seem dead serious, asking as if I would know. But in <laughs> <laughs> the first place, I thought it was Sports Direct. Sports Direct, but they were all shot, all the shots were shot. Going so a baseball bat. I thought I you played with the Brigton Ballers, Neil. Did I get myself a baseball bat? The Brigton Ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's like old Kevin Bridges sketch, isn't it? When they were talking about where do you get a baseball bat and all these guys for Easter House keep coming into JD Sports playing with the Easter House socks or whatever. <laughs> well, here's a question for you then. If the apocalypse did happen, or say, I don't know, sirens went off and you had no idea what was going on, where would your first place to go be? And I don't mean escape, but I mean if you thought, right, I need... What would be your first thought? As right, sh- Aye. And, well, if that is your first thought, Just what would you do? <laughs> Do you I mean, know that you're going to die? Would you go, hmm, I think I'm going to go to Aldi's because they've got that middle aisle, or am I going to go to like, you know, <laughs> would you think How much time you got? Of, How much time you got? 
Well, nothing. See, literally, twenty-four just all hours. Of a sudden, people were running about. Is it zombie? Is it zombie shit. apocalypse? Uh, or is it? Uh, it has to be zombies. It right, of course zombies, it is. Yeah. Spanko's frank. Because I mean, frantically people running about coughing and would be rubbish. People just coughing over everyone. Would be ah, it was just you wouldn't, you wouldn't run anywhere. So <laughs> zombie apocalypse. You probably want. Well, yeah. I'm ground floor flat, so I probably did. I probably a zombie. Um, <laughs> from a baseball bat. Yeah. From a baseball bat. I would have nails in that at that stage. Um, Where would you get uh, a patch, an eye patch? I've got na- I've got nails. I've got nails in the house. Um and a hammer. Get hammer. I've got a hammer, I've got a full tool kit, drill sh- uh, nails saw still. Just put the saw on the end of a a, a hammer <laughs> and then we go that's the makeshift shiv. Um and shiv? A, any, a shiv is a do you know what a shiv is? A no. shiv is a, a, a prison blade. No, it's, it's, it's a shank, mate. Oh, it's the American version is a shiv, I think. No, no, it's not. It is. <laughs> it no, fucking it is. <laughs> it is. No, it isn't. What Wait, is what's a shiv, shiv then? Google it immediately. It's a <laughs> shiv. It probably is. It's a knife. Shiv, jail chib. Yes, it is. Spankle jail chib. Right. Also is chib, it? shiv <laughs> and chivy. <laughs> You're right, mate. Like, yeah, ah, sure. So is that the UK version of the American... What was Chill the word chips. I used? What's the difference between a shank and a shiv? That's <laughs> literally what it says in Google. Where do you put it? Mm, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> Both, they're the same thing. Basically the same thing. So a shiv, I, I learned that from computer games. It's called see, a shiv. See, mm-hmm. during this apocalypse, um, I've always thought if that happened... All is you really need to do is have a good supply of food that you can take in a, a reasonably sized backpack, a flamethrower, and then go to a... <laughs> oh, just, to the, just a flamethrower. Oh, no, but you need to be at the top of a mountain or a hill. Do you know what I mean? It's like a wee tent as well, a wee two-man tent. Two-man tent, um, just top drive. of the hill. And then anybody, as long as it's like a tiny peak... You know, it's got to be a wee tiny peak that you can cover with, like if you were going around in a circle with your flamethrower, you could cover the whole <laughs> you, can, you can buy a flamethrower from Elon Musk, from the boring company. They were really? selling them. Yep, he was selling flamethrowers. <laughs> much? Uh, expensive. Uh, let me find out how much it is, hang on. Count me mm-hmm. man, I'll buy how that. Hurry up, Jamie. You're like Jamie, this podcast. Company flame. What about you, Andy? Where would you go? Uh, do you know what the first place I was thinking there was... I know, so I know folk that live in quite a rural bit of Argyllan Butte. Gives you a good view of the water as an escape, but oh. but scarily close to the nuclear weapons. Oh. So if all kicks off, I'm in the blast zone. Oh, right. so <laughs> I thought you were going to get a nick one and nuke them all. Well, maybe no, because actually, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> If you go swimming in the water near Cove, sometimes they come out in a wee speedboat and they like check if you're KGB. Really? Well, they're basically like, what you do, <laughs> just to Tough. just to make sure you're not snorkeling for secrets or something. Well, I've drove I've drove through well round fast. Is it Faz Lane? Uh, and that's like the perimeter of that is it's all huge, isn't it? The lock, man. It's yeah, you can't man, get it's absolutely that. massive. Aye, my uncle Ted used to play in show bands back in the 80s and they had a resident gig in Fuzzling and he said it was the best gig in the planet because they would drive up and you would get your credentials checked at the, the security, ch- the you know, the gate or whatever mm. and the, you literally didn't need to do anything. They would tell you to get out of the car, all these soldiers would come out, take all your gear in, you weren't allowed to <laughs> oh, touch anything. 
you would just get <laughs> taken into the, the room where they would feed you and then you'd go and play the gig and they would take all your gear back out. In fact, I'm sure they stayed there as well. There was, you know, apartments that they were allowed to stay in. So it sounded like the greatest gig on the planet. I mean, there's uh, huge blocks of flats and stuff <coughs> in there as well, isn't there? It's that's right, there's cinemas yeah. as well. Cinemas yeah. and uh, I think there's a nightclub and a pub. <laughs> stuff like that, you know, it's mad. That's mad. It's, Aye. It's like an oil rig, you know how they do that in oil rigs? Aye. Cinemas aye. and oil rigs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, aye, but my uncle Ted told me about it. I was like, I need to get a gig up there. <laughs> I need to get a gig up there. <laughs> and I can come away with a warhead and some plutonium. <laughs> 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 and then the shit will really start. <laughs> uh, three, 350 quid. For a, fl- for a flamethrower. Get me two they're all sold out. If you get if you get Elon Musk Prime, all, can you get it? All, they're all sold out. There was twenty. They made twenty thousand, twenty thousand flamethrowers, and they sold out about um, uh, American five hundred dollars US, what? and they were sold um, out pretty quick. How do you get one? So you is can probably like get someone that's got bought one, but no, they probably I mean, put the price right up. Is there rules to get one? I'd, uh, well, it's, it's called license. it's called not a flamethrower. Is what it's called. Literally, the name is not a flamethrower. Um, but it is a flamethrower. But uh, yeah, it's a flamethrower. So anybody can buy this. Like, any I'll, I'll send you the fucking link. Look. That's mental. I bet you they do that. Just well, you could anybody. buy it, but they all sold out because they only made twenty thousand. They got, uh, I imagine, got snapped up quite quickly. Are they an effective weapon, though? Flamethrowers. Aye, of course they are. Maybe. Of course they are. Aye. Well, think about it, my backpack can hold at least seven of the cartridges. You know, how many zombies can there be? And how many is going to make it up to the top of the hill? Is that just your camping gas cartridge kind of thing, aye? Aye. Have you seen the video of this? This is amazing, man. I want one of them. Uh, Well, but you, Neil, I feel like you've thought this one through. I have not actually. I would probably check my phone because I think I would figure out if if the if everything was down or it would be something like I could maybe get. I don't know why I would check my phone, but I'm guessing that's probably the first thing I would actually do. It'll just be 700 a, messages in our private chat, mate. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen this? Have you do video after video of like people eating sh- people? <laughs> <laughs> Right, we can talk about this in the podcast. Right, we can talk about this in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much what it'll be. I'll just be people with totally polarised view, views about the why, the reasons why it's happened. Uh, <laughs> polarised zombies. Half, uh, half the world would be conspiracy theories. And this is actually just like a big stunt, you know, like one of those like uh, everybody does <laughs> oh, a mad no, dance thing. I'm still going down the pub. I don't give a shit if my <laughs> uncle Davy, my neighbour yesterday. I'm going down the pub. I'm no one of the sheep. I'm fucking going down the pub, alright? You might have a zombie, but I don't care. I'm not having a zombie. I'll be gone to Asda. Fucking Fucking lotties. Did I answer that? Um, oh, I take it Golden Voice was singing in Silver Tongue. I'd kind of like the Silver Tongue thing. I've not got any patters, so Silver Tongue. It would be nice to know what it's like in a normal person's shoe. Shoes. For a minute. <laughs> normal people <laughs> were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to feel myself in a normal person's shoe, that pirate. <laughs> oh, fuck. So I silver tongue, please. <laughs> so I'm not making mistakes like that. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, John Would you rather be a film director or actor? And that goes to you, Martin McClendon. 
director, because I, I, I think I would, I don't think I'd like to be an actor on screen and stuff. Mm. Is my feeling yeah. without trying it, but I director. Yeah. I think people people remember directors more about the film than well. That's not true. I was going to say people remember the film was more about the directors and actors, but that's totally probably a lot of shit because <laughs> actors are what makes films. But <laughs> I like the idea of just being a director and you don't need to take the limelight and stuff. I I I think Mel's probably got a point. Be the director and then get get the money and run without anybody chasing you down the street. I'm really I'm not into this. I, that see when you see all the famous people talking about and even when I watch stuff it gets me claustrophobic see when they're walking out of the, the airport and they're surrounded by folk and I'm like oh I couldn't handle that I would honestly need to have my flamethrower <laughs> <laughs> to get out of here um, so I film director at the back which is strange being a front man of the band but I definitely a film director I think uh, um uh, Neil, Neil. I, I absolutely director. I prefer director. being behind everything, like drums, etc. So I would be behind the camera, I think, for me. <laughs> so many jokes there, I know. Andy, I'm the opposite. I'm one. I'm. I think I'm can be shy, but deep down, I'm such a fucking show off. I want to be the actor, man. <laughs> ah, really? I want to be. I put me on the big screen. Um, Is that the wee man in you, Andy? I maybe. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I can be like Tom Cruise and I'll get a wee box to stand on and bunch the bugs. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was that Top Gun. He had to get the wee, had to get a yellow pages to. Did he? Yeah, like yeah, apparently. Is that these are shorters. Any any movie he's been in with Nicole Kidman, he has to walk in a trench, or she has to walk in a trench. <laughs> That's it. Uh, uh, is that true? true? Were they not uh, married? She, she, so she was one about a trench for the whole marriage. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know about that. But you say things were insane. There's a guy with a digger in front of her already. <laughs> now, being a director sounds like too much work. You're an actor, you just turn up. Do you know day? What about wearing the lines? That must be difficult. I think. I think that um, producers do all the work. I think. And, uh-huh. and you know that way you're the manager of the, the of the place, but the assistant manager really does all the work kind of thing. So I imagine that the directors kind of got makes the big decisions, but the the kind of the cushy ones, whereas Aye. the producers yeah, are yeah. running about like a blue arse fly all the time, yeah. um, trying to sort shit out. That, that's how I imagine it goes down. Garcia's latest one. What do you think of that? The Irishman. Aye. It's Have they talked long. about this? Very, very long. It's really my first long. too long, man. Too long. Stuff needs to be uh, uh, not not too long because it's <laughs> it's too long. Lots of words nerve shot. It's just too long to sit for that amount of time. That's my overriding. Aye. And is I it like three and a half, four hours or something. It's four it nearly. Just I think. Feels, it or feels or longer somehow. It does. Even feels that. Like weak. That's a bit indulgent, perhaps. Mm. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's much the same as the rest of these films. Mm. Aye, totally. I think like of that genre of his gangster movies with that those kind of actors, it's kind of bang on that type of movie. But I really, really so. The other thing that really annoyed me more than the length was the not necessarily the age technology thing, but see mm-hmm. the fake broken glass and when old man Robert De Niro was Aye. trying to batter the guy on the pavement. Aye, and it that just looked, it nice. looked absolutely ridiculous. It looked as if he just jumped out his zimmer. Uh huh. Yeah, it was, it didn't it was so stiff and stuff. It was really bad. They've mm-hmm. got that in all the the, the channel uh, the programs with the movie 
bloopers and all that now because then when you see it it's so bad it's so can't. bad you probably don't notice it when you're watching the movie if you're not focusing in on it but see when you see it you know centralised oh my god it's bad they made him young in that though as well didn't they yeah. they CGI'd him really young in that so he's got this young face but his body's moving, he's moving like an, what old, an man. old man Aye. Aye, he's got the humph you know the, the <laughs> old man humph all he needs is a packet of fucking woodbine and a you know <laughs> a fucking <laughs> half a Guinness and a and I suit with a pair of trainers <laughs> Why did the old man do that? What the fuck did he do? That's not an old man. That was that other day, and I was just thinking that's so many old men have, have done that. Grey suit trousers that are dead baggy with a pair yeah, of fucking like Adidas two stripe. Every man over seventy wears that. But Spike, at least they wear two. <laughs> <laughs> I never answered that, but probably director. Uh, number four. <laughs> the one shoot director. <laughs> Would you rather be Leonardo? I see what you've done here. Yeah. Would you rather be Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, or Raphael? David. Splinter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know enough about these guys apart from the turtles, lads. So I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna say Raphael, cause of Raphael shit. Remember <laughs> Raphael shit. What, what a name. <laughs> what a, what a name. Uh, Nobody in the world. The centre halves. He cost what five million at the time, and it, which in these days is probably like fifty million. Five million quid he cost. I played one game. So part of that Nike Nike caps for transfer aye. fees scandal, wasn't it? That's right, mate. I did. Was it who was the manager? I can't even remember who signed him. Was it Barnes? Barnes signed him. Mm. I think John Barnes sent him, but apparently Barnes has done a few interviews recently and he, he'd never seen him. He was literally sent a couple of videos about this guy's a Brazilian cap. As soon as you hear Brazilian cap, then they're yeah. in mm-hmm. five million. The guy was fucking hopeless. <laughs> Jesus. So I, Raphael, shite for me. <laughs> uh, Neil, which uh, artist would you prefer to be or t- Turtle? Uh, uh, well, um always Donatello I think for uh, for me and the Turtles but uh, Michelangelo probably because I think he's probably the one I know a little bit more about than anyone else so that's that's it right (laughs) (laughs) so you're fucking getting spanko Murph Donatello for me as well just as the Turtles type thing, I just thought, just having, having a stick, when you're talking about the apocalypse, if you're Donatello, you don't need, you just need a stick, you know, you, that's you, just find a stick and you're, you're sorted. Have your stick breaks? No, use two sticks, then you form them into like a... And then if they break, four sticks? Yeah. Donatello would be fine. That's nunchucks. Yeah, Donatello mm. for me. Def- I think Michelangelo is my favourite turtle. I think. Everybody goes for him. Was he the Cowabunga one, aye? Aye. Mm-hmm. Aye, the pizza mad one. He's, he's the fun the fun guy, Michelangelo. What one was, was, I think Donat- was Donatello the blue one, though? No? Donatello. He was the leader, was he not? No, it was Leonardo was the leader. Oh, Leonardo. Uh, I think Michelangelo's my favourite turtle, but I get the impression I'd find him a wee bit annoying than now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think I've grown up. I can't eat pizza every night. No, exactly. That's, that's asking for trouble. <laughs> uh, I don't really know anything about Renaissance. Art well, I know we like I don't know anything about Raphael Donatello, the other two 
I get the impression Michelangelo probably had to do quite a lot. He probably lived quite a boring life because it's like the popes kept on asking him to paint stuff all the time, so he probably had to behave himself. Whereas Leonardo was probably using his silver tongue and chatting up with women and painting Lisa and stuff. Did he not not accused, well, posthumously, obviously, hundreds of years later? After he'd had his shoes. (laughs) Posthumous. Posthumous, posthumous, sorry. Posthumous. As opposed to prehumous. Posthumous. What is he about? Is he is he uh, a about king? guy about? Well, he did lots of drawings, really accurate drawings of um, the hu- human body in the human form. I was oh, like the muscles and that, so anatomy, apparently, yeah. aye, the anatomy, that's the word I saw. Posthumously, he was, conf- <laughs> they were saying that maybe he was chopping folk up <laughs> and like drawing it. I did not oh. see you saying that at the end Fuck of that. No, why did that, how did that even get to there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. I think it was in the news and stuff that there was, he was, it was perhaps suggested that he was cutting folk up. And and because they were incredibly accurate, that's and the only way you'd be able to do that would be unless he was stealing off a off maybe with poor people that were dying in the street or something like that. Fucking dark man, giving them all a a bung for a couple of cadavers. And obviously, he was so we idea for a project for me for the (laughs) shop. (laughs) And obviously, he was putting head messages in the Mona Lisa and stuff like that for Mm. the, the. the Masons and shit. Aye, right, Alex Jones. Is that right? <laughs> no, if it's no, it's Spanko away doing a rabbit hole on YouTube. <laughs> no, it's, that's a Da Vinci code, isn't it? It's something to do with that. It's, it's Tom Hanks. Ah, <laughs> oh, him again. <laughs> <laughs> He's Tom up Hanks in again. this podcast, Mern John Lennon. Bang on. Oh, shit. Right, okay, banger or sent. Do you know how this works, Andy? I take it, aye? I do, and I still laugh on a regular basis at the time when Merv said banger is my default. <laughs> in like one of the first episodes, <laughs> I was absolutely howling when he said that. I know, it's, okay. so, neg- it's so negative. I need to change my default to a sent. <laughs> well, you're going to be just a portrait of blackness, Merv, so. You know, I know, well. I, yeah. <laughs> May as well keep that up, mate. All right, okay, so we'll go to you first, Merv Banksy. Yeah, uh, Saint. Totally um, original stuff. That thing with the uh, self-destructive artwork, I think, is brilliant. You know, people bid all this money, and and, and it's a, well, to me, it's a sort of statement of, like, you know, what is... <laughs> you know, what is the... What is the worth of art? Mm. Obviously, I'm, for me, art is worth a lot, but there is that other element where it's like people throwing all sorts of money at these things, and it's like, misses the point slightly. So, for that alone, but for all the rest of these stuff, I think he's just a cool guy, does some cool stuff. So, Saint. Nice one. Andy, I'm going to go to you next because, depending on what you say, is going to influence my answer. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, Banksy. <laughs> I am saying Saint as well. I think he. He's so succinctly makes people aware of like 
basically politics, doesn't he? Aye. Um, and social issues in a really, in the most accessible way. So mm-hmm. I am, um, yep. yeah, he's obviously, he's he's rolling in it now, whoever he is. Um, so I also say, how can he be rolling in it? Right, I don't get this. See if anybody knows who he is. How the fuck does anybody get his sort code and account number? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, a good point. Who's the guy in between? Does he get paid? How it's a rumor. Paid? Isn't there a rumor not that it's the guy from um, that band? Heart Attack. Through the night. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! I know it's, it's the guy from. Uh, fuck. Uh, I'll come back to me. Come back to me. I'll come back. To come back to you. Massive attack. Massive attack, Merv. Thank you. Yeah. Oh really? Massive Only it's a guy from Massive Attack, yeah. <coughs> so he takes his dough and then gives him it. Is that no, no. Apparently, Banksy is the guy from Massive Attack. Oh, it's actually him. Aye, allegedly. Oh, really? oh, right, I, did okay. hear, I did hear the rumor that it was Neil Buchanan who was Banksy as well. Right? <laughs> 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 that would be amazing. See if that was true. That would that. be amazing. I, would I think we've just that. started a new conspiracy. Aye. Aye. Well, I mean, Aye. he wasn't that metal band, was he not? Or something. So he's aye. definitely got that edge about him. I'm sure he's. Yeah. Yeah. Aye, I think he's became a. Is his full plan? He's became a TV kid presenter, and then a kid TV presenter. Sorry, and uh, and then went on to do his master uh, vigilante thing. Yes. So. <laughs> I think <laughs> both are saints for me. By the way. Uh, oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so saint for you, mate. <laughs> Aye, absolutely. I'll say same for Banksy. There's not many household names come along in the art world yeah. that very often these days. So, yeah. uh, he's fucking massive in his class. Really cool. Really cool. I'm just reading here. It says Banksy says that he was inspired by 3D, um, a, graf- a graffiti artist and founding member of the musical group Massive Attack. Mm, right, okay. So he was influenced by a guy. Nobody knows who Banksy has. Lads. Am I right in saying there's a Banksy right outside Malone's? Is there? Is there one in Glasgow? I'm positive. There's one in Glasgow. There's one outside the. Did not know that. Right outside Malone's, I'm positive there's one out there. I've seen it and I was like, that definitely looks like Banksy. And I googled it that night. It's the first night we played in there, and I thought that definitely looks like one. And I'm, I googled it. And it was. I can't even mind what it is or anything like that. But uh, he's a saint for me. I would say the political side of it. Graffiti artist made it huge. You know, what, what more can you say about that guy? Number two, Andy Warhol. I'll go to I'll go to Neil first. Neil. Was that the pop culture did Yeah, yeah, with the um connections to all the Campbell suit and the bananas and that. No, no, I mean that's Campbell's <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said, uh, Campbell soup. What's what Andy Warhol got to do with fucking Campbell soup? Would you like to there's, there's a print in the goma of an Andy Warhol painting or a print that is of Campbell's soup I'm sure that's really famous painting oh mm. is, is your dad no good that Spankle no oh means um, Hall no no uh, somewhere, somewhere Campbell's soup somewhere it's a really famous one and obviously huh. there you Andy, go Andy Warhol's Campbell's soup cans 1962 show my ignorance once more sorry Neil we interrupted you no, sorry mate dumb. sorry yeah, I, I, he's, he's the one that kind of, kind of looks like Einstein as well yeah he's got of... the funny hair and the sp- uh, circular specs I think uh, I have no idea about his mental capacity or his dodgy lookingness so I think I'll, I'll give him a say I'm feeling trying to be optimistic like Merv Warhol aye Saint I've defaulted to Saint now so um, <laughs> 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 no, I, would, I would say Saint I mean I don't know loads but 
I've seen a couple of programmes and the stuff is pretty cool and it is a commentary on modern life actually. The thing that I've seen recently is is almost mentioning the way things are the now back then in terms of the the reproduction of just, you know, images which is rife now, so um but I, I think his stuff's alright. I think he's I don't I think he's got quite a interesting like story in that, but I don't know much about it, but um I think cool guy. Like a cultural icon. Aye, definitely. Uh, what about you, Andy, for Warhol? I'm very tempted to say banger. Okay. Go for and it. And I love his work and he's you're right, he's a an icon. I mean he's he's just the super elite of, of he's in the super elite of artists, if you know what I mean. The thing that's always bugged me a little bit about him was there was some of his early work which was images of car crashes, which I think was like ethically questionable. And then there's mm. also stuff that he'd done where he would he got to a point where he was kind of, kind of so powerful in like the New York art scene that he was kind of picking up young talent and sort of not riding their coattails but kind of exploiting their talent for his own benefit mm. and then dumping them when they weren't cool anymore. Really? Um, I a wee bit some of that, and I'm I, again I'm maybe exaggerating and I maybe don't know enough about him as a full picture, but that's definitely there's definitely bits of him that are quite dark. So maybe for balance, I'll go banger. Eh, I don't know anything about him apart from some of the stuff that I've seen in movies and documentaries. Eh, so I, I like some of his stuff because he seemed to be the guy... I think i seen a thing that he was in Whiskey A Go-Go in LA and he was in with like, Zeppelin and all that were in and I just thought he must have been a really cool dude. But I don't know any of the background stuff like you, Andy, but I'm just going to say Saint just to get this podcast fucking finished. And... <laughs> Number three, <laughs> William Shakespeare. Oh, Spanko, did you answer Spanger or uh, Saint for Andy Warhol? Just, uh, Saint, aye. Uh, yeah, Saint. Saint? Yeah. William? <laughs> <laughs> aye, famous stuff, very famous stuff for the pop art. I don't know how this guy's popped in here, but I suppose it is art, isn't it? Um, but um, William Shakespeare, Merv? I'll say banger. Because... That's your default I, position? That's my default <laughs> position, and I don't understand all of it, which is a bad reason to say banger, but... Um, no, that's it's, how I say banger everything, mate. I don't know much about it, um, but that's probably my fault. So I'm sure he's got loads of good stuff, but I don't know if he's maybe overrated. I don't know. I'll just go with banger, keep it simple, get it finished, what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Neil? <laughs> I'm going to join him in banger, actually, because I think that he's uh, changing literally the English language as we know it. I, I I guess there's something a bit fishy about that, um, so he's definitely on the fishy list of bangers. <laughs> so we've got a fishy list now. <laughs> fishy <laughs> list. Um, Andy William Shakespeare, banger because I failed my English higher because I spelt his name wrong the whole way. Through oh, the did essay. you? I forgot the e at the end, and oh, I don't know if so that's just why. Spear like a spear. I I don't know. I was who fucking knows what I was writing. Um, but no, I feel my English higher. Possibly not because of that, but definitely didn't help. So fuck him, banger. Uh, <laughs> Spanks, the speed yeah. of the shake. <laughs> Couple of good plays in that, uh, Saint. Couple of good plays in that, Saint. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's probably quite. He's probably like the Beatles of playwrights, isn't he? So 
fuck everything. So saying, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. We nearly got the whole episode. Three hours later, I can beat those crawl back in somewhere under the rock that they came from. <laughs> so you went um, Saint? It's a Saint. Aye, aye. aye he's aye, a fucking a banger, one. mate. A total banger. <laughs> Who the fuck talks like that, Wally? Get a grip of yourself, mate. Fucking... Aye, banger. Number four, ladies and gentlemen. Believe it or not, and this wasn't scripted, Neil Buchanan. <laughs> Spanko, banger or saint? Neil oh, he's a saint. He's a saint. Do you know that Art Attack ran until 2007? Yes. and it, it was from on, I went on for years and years. I loved that programme, uh, man. Um, the, my favourite bit of it was when they're kind of in a room and they have like two minutes to make something. I loved that. And the hands. I, I found that quite stressful. I remember finding that was my first experience of kind of stress, <laughs> watching something. Like two minutes, you two minutes to fucking put this together. Come on, get a fucking t- toilet roll, um, toilet rolls. Aye, remember the you always make things that use toilet roll. What's toilet the middle beer. bit called? What's the middle bit called? Toilet roll holder, mate. No, that's what that's what's on the wall. What's <laughs> the what's the what's the cardboard bit in the middle of the toilet roll? The called? toilet the roll holder. No, that's what's on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on the, on the wall, wall then? What's that's on the, the wall? That's the, that's the device that's, that holds your toilet roll. Ah, I see. I've got it. What's it called? The tube. It's called the tube. The toilet. The toilet ah, tube. Yeah. tube. You're a toilet tube. Fucking hell. There was always stuff like that. Making Daleks with toilet roll holder middle t- toilet tubes <laughs> okay toilet tube them. says Saint you're going Saint toilet tube uh, Saint yeah <laughs> apart from <laughs> stressing me out at a young age <laughs> Andy what do you feel about Neil aye Saint Saint aye yeah art class right into your living room when you get home from school superb amazing Saint <laughs> Neil Neil Buchanan yeah yeah I would say Saint as well I remember every time after school I'd watch it on a I I loved the, the the it was the head was the best part for me. That <laughs> was the best character. Oh, am I right, am I right in remembering that there was hands, just hands floating? Well, am I right? it had oh. a. Lot, I don't know if you remember. It had a program called Zap, and it also oh, had one called Finders Keepers. I think that was him. He was the presenter of that. Finders Keepers was like a big massive house, and the contestants had to. Search through these rooms, but they just like trashed the rooms as if they were like trashing all of them and that, that to find stuff. And then that. Zap was like a sort of comic, you know, went yeah, to different yeah. bits. I different think it's butter. Zap. Ah, that's what I think. You're talking about the hands, I think. Aye. That's Zap, aye. Aye, that's fucking brought back some memories. I'm going to go Saint for Neil. Um, have I been round everybody, Merv? Have you done Neil? Because aye, Saint, aye. Saint. Definitely Saint, aye. So we're all agreed that Neil is a fucking huge Saint, I would say. That's probably the first one we've got. Charles Rennie McIntosh, we're going to go to Spanko. Oh, Saint, absolutely Saint, yeah. One of Why? Glasgow's biggest artists, isn't he? And he basically made Glasgow, te- like, f- literally. So He made the whole of Glasgow? Well, a lot of buildings are in his style, he designed them and stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a good guy, yeah. Very uh, um, iconic mm-hmm. uh, design, you can spot it straight away. That's always that's always a great. Um, if, a, if an artist has got a signature that's instantly recognisable in their work, that's always a good thing. Cool, Merv. 
Aye, I agree with Aura. Aye, um, but it's a world world renowned Scottish artist, um, and I think you can recognise his stuff. I, I don't know much about you know Hammer Art, even really, but you you know that when you see it, don't you? So I sent Neil. Uh, aye, yeah, I don't know anything more about him than his art, and that's pretty much his biggest thing. So, aye, I would say Saint. Handy boy. Aye, Saint. Saint, exporter of the Glasgow style. Joe uh, and his crowns, obviously, in a pile of ashes at the moment, but uh, <laughs> uh, aye, Saint for me. I'm going to go banger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he needed one. He needed one. The guy's got some tash on him, hasn't he? Have you seen it? <laughs> I know I know he's are knackered and done in, but I actually thought of two one saint and one banger to tell right. us about from Bat the world, in. if you're interested. Yes, go for it. for it, mate. So the banger, and these are the biggest bangers I think. Uh have you ever heard of the K Foundation? No. The so these me. guys two they're both Scottish, certainly one of them was Scottish, who made their money from being in a band called the KLF. I've oh, heard the KLF. KLF. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, and they, when they retired from music, took out adverts basically taking the piss out of the art world, which is quite funny, especially mocking like the Turner Prize. But one of their most famous works of art is they took a million quid to Jura and Just set it on that. fire. Just reading that. I, you know what? That is I've a Aye, that burning the money thing. Aye. Aye. So there's a video, it's on YouTube, you can Mm. well, so the rumour is, apparently the Bank of England caught wind of it and the day before were like, you can't do this, we can't have that amount of like physical cash dropping out the system in one go, Mm -hmm. and we'll give you fake notes if you really want to do it. So that's one, there is one rumour about it that's that, but they say, no, it was real, and actually the most, the worst thing about it was it just got really boring. I <laughs> like, it was just so much paper to burn. Am I right in saying that it was man. a it was a payment for like a it was a record contract or something that they'd won? I think it was it was certainly the money I think they'd made from their music was Aye. what was funding the. Why would, the hell the art Why would you know you just give that away? To some mm. fucking charity, a bunch of. There guys. is only one answer to that, and that's banger on it. Banger, that is, yeah, that is fucking the, that's king of bangers. Is it a statement of art then? Is that what they're saying this was? Because see if that's art, I'm not into that. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. You know, that's bizarre. <clears throat> well, my, the alternative, right, the counterbalance to that is, and I, know, I promise I'll shut up, you'll not have me on again. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> have you ever seen Picasso's Guernica? Which is this? It's yes. 20, it, 25 My dad's got it in the house. Not, not the original. Not obviously. the actual one, I hope not. Because uh, <laughs> the Reina Sofia in Madrid would be on the phone. Aye. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's the, it's one of the first bits of art I've seen that like nearly knocked me off my feet without being melodramatic. But it's this really powerful anti-war painting. It's like a black oh, and white. There's kind of yeah. like dying horses and screaming women and stuff like that. And so, but abstractly, was well, Picasso quite it? a lot to yeah, well, take in. Yeah. And it was about the the bombing of Guernica, basically by the by the Germans. And it's this kind of anti-war painting. So the United Nations had a tapestry replica made of it and hung it at the entrance to the Security Council's like meeting room as a place to be like, you know, we are discussing peace and I, and I suppose to discourage powerful people from starting wars. And the, but what I've, the most amazing thing about this painting is, or the, the replica of it is, in 2003, before the Iraq war, Colin Powell asked the UN to cover it up for when he was doing his speeches. 
because he felt it was just too powerful an anti-war message for him to justify what they were doing at the time. Fucking hell. And, and they did. They put a blue curtain over it. And I, I just think if you ever doubt like how powerful art is, like that Aye. tells you the, the, the most powerful men in the world were terrified of this painting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Like it's, I mean, it's a kind of, it's not a very cool thing to like Picasso, I don't think. No, it's amazing. But that painting's something else. Why is it? Why is it not very cool? Is that like the music scene? If you like somebody that's really yeah, good, then you're no it's cool. It's like liking the Beatles, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're no cool then. If you like yeah, the Beatles, guess, is that yeah, what you're you want to have something really obscure, man. You so on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we'll just end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at that forty, uh, forty fucking picture <laughs> of Picasso, and it, I mean, all is it like you say, the horse's head, the eye, all the burning body, carnage in it. It is. It, it's like a mass of mentalness. Twenty-five feet wide mm-hmm. as well. Is that what size that is? Aye, uh, it takes up a whole room in that in that gallery in Madrid. It's and it's, wow. in, it's interesting that shows a sort of fear of art. Yeah, from the, the establishment or whatever you want. They're always no, scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know what I mean? The guy with the most powerful army the world's ever seen, and he's mm-hmm. asking them to cover it up where we curtain. Yeah, that, that kind of aligns into Banksy as well because they're fear of the guys like that as well. You know, in that scene because they're fear of the. The social, you know, movements that these guys can create—they're absolutely mm. petrified of that stuff. They really are. So, aye, that's that's an amazing. Because right, your dad says, did you say Spanko the? Well, I yeah, yeah I, I know that. I, I know, aye. Oh, that's mad. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that in your dad's says. Aye, it's massive. I think it's above the kitchen table. Just to remind them. Uh, Stop. Start any wars. Start any cover, wars. They cover oh, it up when, uh, they cover it up when my, my mom's wanting a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> right, cover it up now. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much for listening, folks. Uh, yeah, listen, thanks, Andy, God. thanks very much for that. Thanks, man. Absolute yeah, pleasure, man. man. No, it's been really so interesting. Listen, I really enjoy listening to you guys and uh, uh, good to just catch up with you and, and talk for a bit and so good to hear you are doing well and keep it up because you too mate you too and hopefully next time we can raise a glass together ah exactly in real life ah that would be grand thanks very much for listening to the Carbon Copy Covid Curer podcast we'll be back soon with another ill-informed chat filled episode why not tell us what you think by email inquiry at carboncopymusic.band or visit our website carboncopymusic.band and if you're feeling really generous and you haven't already Please give us a like on our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash carboncopy4, and even our Instagram, at carboncopywedingband. Thanks again. No bangers were harmed during the making of this podcast. Carbon Copy reserve the right to moan about anything they like, and they will. Thank you.